Hey guys, this is Brent Bowers with the Land Sharks, and you're listening to my good friend Kyle Stanley's podcast, The Fearless Investor. Keep listening to conquer the world of investing. I believe true wealth cannot be measured by your income. It is instead measured by your availability of choices, especially the choice to live life on your terms. I also believe there are many ways to create wealth, but one thing is for certain. You have to have a laser focus on one path. My path, Airbnb, but I also believe in education and expanding your mind. Education helps you take off the blinders of life and see opportunities you never saw before. Join me on this journey of learning how to create wealth in Airbnb, real estate, and so many more investment strategies. Together, we can conquer the world of investing. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast. Hey guys, welcome into the Fearless Investor Podcast. And just to pause really quick before we get into this episode with Brent Bowers, I want to make sure that you have A, downloaded our Airbnb Profit Calculator at fearlesskyle.com. That is an amazing tool. I just updated it a little bit the other day too, so it's even better. And B, have you uh, joined our Airbnb Masterminds Facebook group? That is also absolutely free. It's growing by 50 people a day. It's getting big. There's tons of support, tons of people in there that are looking to grow their Airbnb businesses and have great uh, value and questions and your questions get answered. And it's just a great community to be able to grow your Airbnb uh, desirable business. So go check out both those. Now let's get into it with Brent Bowers. This guy has got a lot of energy. He's a part of the Wholesaling Inc. crew, which you know we've had other guys like Chris Arnold and Lauren Hardy um, and some others on the show that have podcasts on Wholesaling Inc. as well. Um, I just, I really like his story. I like his energy. I like that he makes this very, very simple for you in regards to land, wholesaling and selling and ownership. And this is such a great exit strategy. We've had guys like the casual Fridays guy, uh, guys on here. Uh, Mark Podolsky has been on here. And to me, this is just such a unique uh, exit strategy that if you're looking for something different and something, honestly, it, it seems fairly simple to me. Uh, I haven't jumped in it myself because I got 30 other things going on, but I, this is one of those things I think eventually I'm going to be doing because it just seems like there's not a ton of competition and it seems very simple. So um, let's get to it, Brent Bowers. Hey everyone, welcome into the show today. And before we get started with our guest, Brent Bowers, I just want to ask you a question. Can you actually make money with Airbnb um, or does it seem too good to be true? Uh, well, I'm here to tell you it's the real deal and you can really do this business without even owning a property. That's right. You don't even have to own a property to do Airbnb. When I learned that back in May of 2019, in 18 months, I went from zero to 25 properties on Airbnb and that's over $20,000 net income per month. And guess what? You can do the same thing. All you have to do is download our Airbnb Kickstart course and I'll teach you how to master, automate, and scale an Airbnb business that can pay you upwards of six figures per year. All you have to do is go to fearlesskyle.com to learn more about the course. You just click on that Airbnb tab, click on the Airbnb Kickstart course, and you are on your way to starting a six-figure Airbnb business. Now, speaking of starting some six-figure businesses, that's what we're all about here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. We've got a guy by the name of Brent Bowers here with us and super excited to have you on the show today, Brent. I appreciate you joining us. Hey, Kyle. Thanks for having me on the Fearless Investor Podcast. Yeah, absolutely, man. So you've got a, a podcast of your own. You're part of the Wholesaling Inc. Uh, crew, which I, I love everyone over there. Um, but 
you're doing something a little bit different talking about land and that is super interesting we've had a couple people on the show but as you said before this episode you feel like you're gonna knock those ones out of the water and and i want to get it started off the right way so tell me about your most interesting or weirdest or strangest real estate investing <clears throat> land story yeah you know there's so many of them and i will i've just you know we had one we're a bank you know, sold us this land at like 25 cents on the dollar. Wow. And I was freaking out. It was like my fourth real estate deal, fourth, fourth land deal. And I'm out on Sunday posting signs and found the buyer within like 30 minutes. So that's just my little icebreaker of that. I wouldn't say weird, creepy. We got some crazy other stories, but instant I think results, that though. the first one that comes to mind. Yeah. Instant results. That's, that's encouraging. I'm sure that had to be uh, motivating to, to keep on going too. Heck yeah. And I was scared to death because I didn't want to pay the bank the money. So I was like, I don't have the 25K, but I want this $100,000 piece of land. So I was hustling, man. There you go. Good, good. Well, hey, uh, can't wait to have some, some applicable steps for our listeners to learn about how you're doing, what you're doing. Uh, but let's kind of rewind the clock here and take us back to before real estate investing. I know uh, land is your main thing, but you're doing a lot of different numbers of real estate investing. What, what was life like before you got into real estate? So, I mean, I started in 2007. I had just gotten my, my real estate license because I want to be a rock star real estate investor. So I, I thought I had to get a, a real estate license to do that because, you know, all the great deals would come across my desk and I would pick and choose whichever one I wanted. Well, everyone knows what happened in 2008. Um, I just got my real estate license. I did purchase that first house. So I followed through with what I planned to do. Um, didn't have the money for the earnest money deposit. So I asked, I called great grandmother and she goes, sure, no problem. I'll loan you the thousand dollars. And if you don't pay me back, it comes out of your inheritance. Well, don't worry. I did pay her back. I got a real estate commission for buying that house and I soon turned it into a rental. Pay great grandmother back. I never got that inheritance that she was talking about I think she was <laughs> tricking me in the painter back but that's okay um so I turned that property into a rental and then I moved to another county another city and had to learn through the hard knocks of not renting it to the person that can pay the, the most money mm. because people with great credit good renters don't have to pay the most amount of money so I was renting to felons and you know people that can afford more and you know found out three times after my house got trashed three different times by three different renters I needed to change my game um, and then you know wow. we're struggling through 2008 almost to 2009 and I'm not making any money in real estate so I was like I I've got to go back to school so I joined the military and uh, was overseas for a few years couple deployments um, you know, first wife left on the second deployment oh, no. and kind of really had to start over, you know, got back to the States in 2013, uh, started get back into real estate again, did my first house hack and then purchased another house and then another house and met the woman of my dreams. We had three, three beautiful babies. We're now in Colorado and, uh, I'm ready to get out of the military because I'm gone all the time. Eight and a half years in the military, I may have only slept in my bed four of those years. So I had wow. to find something a little different, you know, get, get into a real estate niche that would pay me passively every single month, whether I worked or not, something that would give me time and financial freedom. And that's where the land came into play. And that's why we're here today. That's awesome. Okay. So let, let's back up for a second. So, you know, a lot of people, first of all, thank you for your service. Thanks, um, and second of all, 
you made this decision after, you know, trying the real estate game to go back to school. And it sounds like maybe there was that drive of security, safety. Is that what was motivating you at the time? You're darn right. Because if you go a couple years of not being able to pay your bills and calling your landlord and saying, I'm not gonna be able to pay next month. And then moving in with your in-laws, paying credit cards with credit cards. There's something nice about that security, knowing you're going to be paid every single month. Sure. Absolutely. So then it was about five years later, you said in 2013, when you started to look back again at real estate, uh, a lot of people probably would have had those scar tissues of, uh, you know, 2008, what if that happens again, but you still got back in. So what was now motivating you to get back into real estate? Well, the first time I was a quitter and I quit and I threw in the towel and yes, my hand was still burnt from the, from the stove. I didn't forget those burns. It just made me a little bit more cautious, uh, you know, a little bit, you know, have a little bit more savings, maybe a little less leverage, um, things like that, you know, just playing for the road, you know, battle scars like you know in the heat of battle it's about staying staying power you know keep going this time not quitting and keep okay. going forward okay that's awesome um so what do you think changed in those five years though i mean if you were it, it sounds like there was maybe some personal growth there too man dang right there was personal growth, reading the right books, hanging out with the right people. And, and I, I, I never understood this when they said, hey, you're the, Jim Rohn said you're the average of the five people you're hanging out with. The Bible says you hang out with dogs, you get fleas. I didn't understand how to hang out with better people, rich people, multimillionaires, because I only had the people I knew, the people I grew up with, my family. And we weren't, I mean, we're not rich. We weren't rich growing up and knowing my family was rich and I wasn't hanging out with rich people, but I was able to hang out with them by listening to their podcast and reading their books. Nice. So yes, personal That's growth. Was, 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 was there crazy. any um, specific book or podcast that you found yourself making the most change with? Oh, one of them was wholesaling me, you know, yeah. listening to the stuff wow. like that. I mean, that was dream come true being able to, to, join partnerships with wholesaling Inc and be their official land coach. But, you know, reading books like the wealthy gardener or think and grow rich, mm. you know, I found think and grow rich back in 2008. I read it, but the student, the student wasn't ready. Meaning myself, yeah. when the student's ready, the master will arrive. I read it again in 2014. It blew my mind. That's, that's awesome. I was just having a conversation with that, uh, with someone the other day uh, about the four hour work week. And it was, it was such a, life-changing book for me and they were reading it and they said ah, I didn't really get into it I said you know what I'm telling you you're gonna pick up that book again in two years or three years or whenever that time is right and it's gonna speak to you at that moment and you're gonna look back three years from today and be like why why didn't it speak to me then and it's just when the student is ready the uh, the teacher role will come so that's so good I love hearing that so okay you get into land um, why land of all these different strategies? Why was that calling your name the most? Well, you know, I, I want to hit this four hour work week one more time though. Okay. You mentioned that, that I think I read the book three times and this was 2017 when I found this book and I was, I was getting out of the military in 2018. Um, so I read that book and I was like, this is it. These are the answers, virtual assistants. So 
game changer for me. So thanks for mentioning that book. It's about yeah. time for me to read it again. Um, it's, it's one of those things you go back to different chapters. You don't have to read from start to finish. You can pick and choose what you want to want to implement, but, uh, why land? So <laughs> it's 2016. I've got my house wholesaling company going and I, I'm just starting to build a team and we're struggling. Like, you know, I'm not able to go and meet with sellers and meet with buyers because I'm out on a, on an army base in the middle of nowhere. So I've got a, maybe a 45 minute lunch break. By the time I get to the person's house, it's time for me to leave and go back. So I've hired a team and, you know, I'm starting to get help with these things, but I heard about this guy buying land at pennies on the dollar. So I was like, well, wait a minute, I have all this vacant land, all these vacant land records. And I'm, I'm chasing after these stinky old dirty cat pee houses and sitting up at the table with these people in these dirty, stinky houses. And I can't even bring my son to some of these appointments because it smells so bad and asbestos and yada, yada. So I'm going to mail this land. Okay. So I sent a postcard to 687 land records that were on the tax delinquent list. The tax delinquent list is, you know, for the listeners that don't know what that is, is it's simply people not paying their property taxes. Right. That's it. They were delinquent on their taxes. I launched a, a postcard, a handwritten postcard to these guys, 687 postcards. I got 85 phone calls. I only had time to return about wow. 20 of those phone calls and did two land deals from it. Wow. Okay. So first of all, what is that? 80 divided into 680. That's about like a 15% response rate, which is just unheard of when we talk about real estate investing and doing direct mail, even if it's handwritten, I mean, in real estate investing for wholesaling, for flipping, for all these, any exit strategy for an actual piece of real estate, an average return and response rate seems to be, if you're lucky, like just under 1%. And you're getting 15% on that the very first time. So what, what do you think is the difference? Well, you know, no one else was mailing these guys. Yeah. No one else was calling these guys. Um, you know, that's the difference. And they're motivated land sellers. They're not paying their taxes. And a lot of them were out of state. And come to find out, you know, some of this land was unbuildable, not accessible. So it wasn't like, you know, the most valuable stuff in the world. However, it was quick cash for myself that I, I really needed at the time. I needed proof of concept. I needed the confidence. Does this stuff actually work? So I did the, two, those two deals in like two months of mailing that first, first batch. Yeah. And, and just to kind of give you some support on this too, I've got a, a quick story. I actually wholesaled a piece of land in 2019 by accident because I was flipping a house right next to this junkyard basically. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to sell this house, I got to clean up this empty piece of land that has all of this crap in it. And so what did I do? I found the owner and I asked him, Hey, can we like split the cost and we'll clean this thing out? And he was like, yeah, I don't even know what I'm doing with that land anyway. And I was like, well, I'll buy it from you. <laughs> and he said, you will. And it's it, just like what you said. I mean, I just feel like because there's so little amount of people actually asking, Hey, will you sell me your land? You have so much less competition going on, which just kind of, piques the interest of the the potential seller that didn't even think about selling before. So, um, so good. That's, um, I mean, I'm just, I'm blown away by that 15% response rate. That's crazy. Um, so you do, you do two deals here right off the bat. 
tell me about those first two deals. All right, we'll do. And, and that's so funny you mentioned that that uh, lot story because that guy's probably getting code violations or oh, calls from the county and he paying these bills. So there you go. You helped him. And I can't tell you how often that happens. All right, first two deals. So the first caller was a CPA that had just retired and he had traded this land like 10 years ago for some CPA work. So he didn't care about it. He's like, it's not buildable. I don't want it. I'm tired of paying the taxes on it. Come take it. We agreed on $285. So what? now <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm like, oh my God, I got someone that wants to do a deal. And for some reason that 285 might as well have been, you know, 200,000 for me. So oh me and my wife, and we had just had a brand new baby, uh, drove about an hour and a half to go look at this land uh, in Colorado. So we're looking at it. I'm like, this is just incredibly beautiful. Like the Pike National Forest is across the way. Why is it not buildable? And I don't know what it's worth. So we're driving back down the hill. I see a real estate office. So I call the experts. What is this land worth? Thank God there was a realtor in the office on Saturday to answer the phone. She was as sweet as could be. She said, you know, you might be able to sell it in about, I don't know, a couple months on the MLS for about 10 grand. I was like, okay, $285 turning into 10 grand. I'll do that all day long. Absolutely. So I hang up the phone. I'm pretty happy. You know, the trip was worth it. Uh, <laughs> my phone rings again. It's the same realtor. She goes, hey, would you mind if I purchased that land from you? And I was like, yeah, what are you offering? She said, I could do $5,000. And I said, when do you want to close? She said, Wednesday. And I was like, four days from now, Wednesday? She goes, yeah, let's do it. Said, okay, let's do it. Send me the contract. So she sent me a contract. I called the seller back of the land. I said, hey, let's do the deal. I'll pay you on Tuesday. Bring the deed. So he did. I paid him the, paid him the money, gave him a check for $285. And I drove my, my uh, deed to the uh, title company. Land title is who it was. And I got my $5,000 the next day. I was like, okay, let's do this again. So I called the next seller back. $500 I paid for this, this piece of land. This one's way cooler. Uh, it was actually like a couple hours, or I'm sorry, a couple minutes south of NORAD, where, where they track Santa and all that. Okay. <laughs> not accessible, so not buildable. So I trespass against, well, maybe take that part out of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I trespass against uh, um, state land to get to it. And I'm like, this is incredible. I take some pictures and video, put an ad on Craigslist, 500 down, $500 a month. Mm. I had that, I had my buyer before I even purchased that one. And I remember the, the, the sweet lady had sold it to me. I was on her porch uh, up in Denver, Colorado. Her porch was like 10 times bigger than my house. And she was just getting rid of this land. Her husband was a stock trader. He had died multiple years ago. She's like, I don't know what you want with this godforsaken land. I was like, I don't know either. I'm just kind of starting out on this. <laughs> I literally sold it like a couple days later, got the money down and had a note coming in for 500 a month. That's amazing. And that note, how long did that note last? It was only, so I only sold the land for uh, 5,000. So it ran out pretty quick. <laughs> okay. Eight and a half, nine months. So Still, that's great. That land today with the, the right attorney getting you access, it's worth probably so, 100,000. Talk about that for a second, because I've heard it both ways. I've heard of wholesaling land, and then I've heard of owner financing land, which is basically that second um, option that you just talked about. What is the avatar of those types of buyers? What's the difference that someone would want to just 
buy it straight up for like your first one, the realtor at 5k and then someone wants to finance it at 5k. What are the differences there? Yeah. And I do both. I mean, there's, you, you can wholesale it quick for cash. You can assign the contract. You can literally get it under contract and sell that contract. I do a little bit of all of it because sometimes I run out of money. I would prefer to sell or finance all of my stuff because who's going to pay more the retail buyer that buys one piece of land in their life or that realtor that buys multiple parcels to build on, you know, I want to sell to that end buyer, the one that's going to pay me the payments for the longest time and pay the most. So my avatar uh, for the quick flips, the wholesales are guys that are speculators like that realtor was or builders, you know, spec home builders, the ones that build a couple homes a year. Um, and then the avatar for the monthly payment type guy, the one that I sold this five acres to, uh, he was just, you know, he wanted to one day build a cabin on this piece of land. Mm. It was his wish to one day have a cabin up there. Um, and a lot, 90% of my notes, you know, are that recreational land just on the outskirts of town that they, they want to drive their RV to it. They want to camp on it. They want to build a fire and roast s'mores with their children. I mean, I just took my kids camping a couple of weeks ago in the camper. You think they were talking about the cool trip and the snowmobiles? They were talking about being able to help me start the fire that night. That was like the highlight of their trip. So that's, those are my buyers. That's awesome. Okay. That makes a lot of sense too. I mean, if, if I'm an investor, I'm probably not wanting a note. I'm probably wanting to, um, you know, get that thing with cash right away. And if I'm actually planning on building on it for myself and my family or taking my camper up there, yeah, I'm probably going to want to have a note on it. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. Now let's, this is all, you know, your first two deals. Now, what has happened to Brent's business since deal number one and two? Where are you at today? So now we have right around 100 notes. Mm. We get paid sometimes 10 times a day um, from people just paying their land payment. Wow. And it's creative. You know, I like to say my top five things. and I'll just give you a couple. One, financial freedom. Don't have to worry about when's the next paycheck coming in or do I have to go out and do another deal because we're being paid on the deals we've been doing for the last couple of years. And every time my team does another deal, it adds to our passive income each month and it creates time freedom. You know, it's really cool. Like knowing that, Hey, if we don't do a land deal, if the whole entire, if my whole entire team wants to take a week or two off, we're going to be paid next month when we come back to work. And then third geography freedom. Like we can go anywhere and do this from anywhere. Mm, that's so good. Uh, and I'm, the one thing that's coming to mind to me right now is, you know, your typical real estate investor, someone that's looking to get into real estate is probably fearful, especially right now, if you're in a um, less favorable state is what we'll call it for renters um, or for homeowners that are favoring the actual renters themselves and people not paying rent right now and being given excuses not to pay rent. Are you encountering anything like that with land? So in the last 12 months, I'll tell you how many defaults I've had um, of people, you know, using the COVID excuse or not, I'm not saying that's an excuse, just, right. just any issue really. And we've had about two, wow. two defaults. And one we were actually working with, um, we were probably going to re remodify his loan. It's, it's too easy. It's like, Hey, let's just do another contract for deed. We're not a bank. We're people. We own the land free and clear. There's no debt on it. So it's super simple. And he didn't want to take our call because he, he didn't realize we would even work with him. He thought we were just going to take his money and that's not the way things go. So I will tell you, let's, let's flip it on the other side. I own rentals. 
I have rentals in Florida and I can't, and going back to the postcard example, can't tell you how many letters I receive each week to buy these rentals from me or a text message or a phone call. And these tenants, some of them aren't paying right now. Mm -hmm. And the banks are like, well, let's, uh, and the couple we have mortgages on, they're like, well, do the forbearance. No way. No way. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. So no, that's the difference right there. Yeah, no, don't, don't fall into that trap. Definitely not. Um, okay. So the things I'm hearing that are positive about this industry are um, more reliable uh, renters or more reliable notes. Um, the opportunity to be able to have passive income. And then of course that same opportunity like you would as a wholesaler or a flipper uh, to be able to get that big paycheck. Um, so are there any cons? Huh. Yeah, I would say there's some cons, you know, I do, a, a, I give out a 14 item due diligence checklist and it's like the 14 things that kind of caught me up in the beginning. Um, but you know, that junkyard example, I bought a junkyard, five acre junkyard one time because I didn't go on Google Earth and check this stuff out before I purchased it. And it's actually a friend of mine. He wholesaled a huge package of land to me and he didn't even know about it. Um, but long story short, like you could buy a junkyard or, or you could be buying a huge crater in the ground or let's talk about another con, something I hate. We already kind of talked about it a little bit, defaults. Mm. And I've got some friends in the land business that make an absolute fortune and they kind of brag about this, you know, when a default happens, usually we're, we're, uh, we're profitable already in the land because okay. we try and get our money back out of these deals as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. But when someone stops paying because they lose their job or, or, you know, you name it, it's kind of sad because they paid a lot of money. And most of the time these guys are paycheck to paycheck are buyers for this land. They work a nine to five job. They don't have tons of discretionary income. So if they spent, you know, you know, three, four, five, seven thousand dollars on a piece of land and they stop paying it and let it go back. That's heartbreaking to me. Yeah. So that's the that's probably the worst thing about this business. Okay. Got it. Got it. Well, you know, and and I think those are risks that you take going into any sort of real estate investing. Um, that you're gonna have those types of people that um might not pay. And unfortunately it's it is a business. So um now let, let's just say right now I'm listening in and I want to get started in this. What's the one, two, three, four, five things that I need to do to get started today? Let's go. All right. Yeah. So the first thing you need to do is you need to pick your playground. Um, you know, let's just say you're in that less desirable state. Um, and I'm going to pick on Michigan right now and where you can get land for like free. I'm not buying that stuff. You know, okay. because one, you know, you can't really sell it to a billable and make a profit. Uh, I mean, you might be able to buy the stuff on the outskirts for hunters, but pick your playground, pick an area. I started in my own backyard and then I expanded and I expanded into places like, you know, mountain communities that I was like, well, if I get stuck with this land, I'd be super happy because I'll build a cabin one day. So pick your playground and then two, find a list, find a list of people that own land. You know, my, my preferred list to start out and usually the least expensive way to start out is go directly to the tax delinquent list because these lists are usually free. Now, I'm finding some counties are starting to charge for it. Go to another county that's free. You know, if you're bootstrapping, if you're on a tiny budget, you know, get that free list. And those people are probably raising their hands saying, I no longer want this property because I'm not paying my taxes. And number three, get a letter to them, whether it be a postcard an actual handwritten letter. You can print it off your computer. I don't care. Or, you know, 
skip trace it and get their phone number and text or call them. And then four, buy that land. Well, let me, let me back up. Four, find a buyer for that land, what, what I like to call the pre-sell, pre-sell that land, because the biggest question I get is like, what if I get stuck with this land? What if I can't sell it? Well, what if you had a buyer before you paid for it? Mm. And then five, buy that land and seller finance it or flip it or sign your contract, sell that contract. That's it. Five steps. Make it All right. Those are five sim simple steps, but assure that there's some branches that go into those steps that uh, you teach as well. So Brent, how are you helping? Uh, I know you've got some education, you've got some students. Um, how are you helping people? And I, so I built a course and it's probably, you know, well, let me just step back. I built a course that shows people step-by-step step how to do it. I think our longest video is 16 minutes. And each day we give you action steps that you need to do, complete the step, and then enjoy eliminate afterward and celebrate. Um, so the course is built on action steps. And once you take, take the action, the result will happen. And that's where the education comes from. Um, and we do support calls. I'm seeing students come right out of the gate and crush this. Um, and it's one of the coolest things ever when you see people, you know, start a business that's earning them passive income each month. Isn't that great? So cool. Um, all right. So how do people find out more about the course and how can they connect with you? Yeah. Head over to thelandsharks.com, thelandsharks.com. And you also mentioned Wholesaling Inc. You can also go to, if you're familiar with them as well, go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash land. So there's two ways right there to get in I touch with it. me. I love it. Hey, uh, this has been a ton of value, ton of excitement for me. I love hearing stories like the ones that you just shared. And I think this is very um, applicable for people to just go out and give it a shot. So any last words before we log off here? No, be fearless. That's it. That's all I've got. I, I promise everyone, all my listeners, I don't tell them to say that. People just say it. They know, they know that fear is the number one thing that holds us back from getting started. And so thank you, Brent, today for helping us to helping our audience to conquer the world of investing and conquer that fear. I appreciate you. Thank you. Show notes for this one, fearlesskyle.com forward slash Brent Bowers, B-R-E-N-T-B-O-W-E-R-S. And you can check out his course. You can check out again, those five steps that he went over. And um, I hope you got a lot today from Brent's um, podcast, because to me, uh, Brent is one of those guys that you can see, you know, he had that opportunity to just say, ah, you know, entrepreneurship is not for me. I fell in the crash of 2008. And so I'm just going to take that as a sign that I should just be safe and, you know, go to the military and go to school and then get that, you know, solid nine to five paycheck. And, you know, something was still itching at him that he needed to do more with his life. And that's where to me, fear cannot just hold you back, but it can also push you. And so it's that pain that pushes you, that fear that pushes you into action, that fear of, hey, I'm not comfortable in my situation right now. I fear that in five years, I'll be in the same place. And that creates this pain and this discomfort that makes you take action. And so um, that's exactly what Brent did. I hope you learned from that. And I hope you will do the same. Thank you for joining us here on the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we're helping you to conquer the world of investing. We'll see you next time.